0: well i guess we're live what's up everybody i'm on with pj jacobson tonight um he is one of those rare individuals who has actually been able to beat jake gagne head up in the like what half dozen people have been able to do that the last three years and you're on that short list of lunatics so what's up pj
1: what's going on thank you for having me on the uh the podcast here it's been uh been trying to get me on for for a while, I know you've been super busy and stuff but um but it's good to come on on your podcasting
0: right on, man so you know I was just talking to you a little bit and i I'll, i will tell you this I did some pregame with Richard earlier uh about our show tomorrow night, and he said that he wanted to tell you that uh he was bummed for you at jersey with the with the penalties and crap and you know how. You know it's super hard to see that flag and stuff so yeah you know you got support from the skipper you know
1: yeah that's yeah that's uh that's good that was a yeah i mean it doesn't a give my money back no it exactly give me your money back <laughs> that does not give me a lot of my money back that was a pretty big portion of money that that caused with a yellow flag yeah i'm pretty pissed
0: <laughs> yeah i bet i bet i mean were you as pissed as uh Jake was for touching the green paint by a couple millimeters
1: Yeah, you know? I was just going to say that, you know, the same as the yeah. Laguna thing, like I don't know. Some of the the calls are just a bit a bit ridiculous sometimes, you know, and it's just like especially when you've worked so hard as a rider Yeah. and stuff like in the in the race and it's like that didn't do anything. <laughs>
0: Right, right. You know? Well, and, uh, I, I could only imagine, you know, I mean, we're just getting started or whatever, but let's go, to, let's go there, dude. I, what what does it look like when your crew is trying to write you notes <laughs> and you're going by in the rain at, like, 150 miles an hour or whatever?
1: Yeah, I. Um, that was a difficult one, I'll tell you that, because, yeah, I couldn't see are anything. Like, what
0: the fuck are you guys saying?
1: <laughs> yeah, I just uh, – yeah, it was – yeah, that was a hard one, you know, because I even was standing up like on the bike kind of because I didn't understand what they were doing with the pit board and I was like, this is weird. Like maybe maybe I have such a strong gap behind me. They're just like, "Oh yeah, he got he's in second. He's not going to catch Jake, and he's got yeah. a huge gap behind him. So let's just let's not give him a pit board." So I couldn't see anything on the pit board, and then we kept missing it <laughs> like three laps in a row, and then I didn't see it. Yeah, it was kind of, it was a really hard one. It was a hard one for my team too. I, I felt bad for the whole situation, but you know, when you come in to like the park for a and you think you got second in the race and then you end up going to the, the weigh-in station, you know, where everyone else parks. It's not a good yeah. feeling.
0: Right. Right. So yeah. let me ask you this, man. Like you're, you're what? 30. I'm 30. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So how long, when did you start racing? Cause. I read some shit and I was like, "Are you serious? Like, you were racing at like twelve or something? Like, 13?
1: Um, I started, I started riding a motorcycle at three on training wheels, like on of a PW you fifty, did. you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I started doing that. I got into like flat track, um, and then from that point, when I was eleven years old, I went road racing.
0: You're at eleven racing, and what what were you racing?
1: I was uh, racing an RS 125 at that time.
0: You're 11 years old racing an RS 125. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a t- wow, proper bike. So, what were you like? Was it Weira or USGPRU, I remember, like, what was that oh five, oh six? It oh, was uh, four two two
1: thousand five. Okay. and i started racing my first race was at homestead miami homestead okay um i went there with one of my mechanics I was like one of my flat track mechanics for the longest time and uh, we went there together and it was just me him and his girlfriend and we did okay. this race and I, I ended up winning everything and then one of the uh barry gilson from celtic racing was like heard about the race and, and stuff and he had his own little team that he was forming um so i got like a phone call from him and. I had the opportunity to go test at like Jennings GP, uh, on yeah. his, uh, Irish team, you know? Uh, right. and then that's how I got like more into road racing at, at 11.
0: So you were, you were racing dirt track. Did you think to yourself when you like did your first road racing, won everything? You're like, shit, this is way easier. Or like, or, or were you, were you just legitimately having more fun doing it? Like, I'm curious what drove you to continue doing the road race thing?
1: Yeah, so like my dad was a big push of it, you know, he's the one that okay. obviously got me into to road racing because oh, everybody looked up to Nicky Hayden, you know, when they were a kid and stuff, so yeah. they seen him go from the flat track stuff to the road race, and at the time, you know, road race was, was huge, you know, with Honda yeah. and all the manufacturers and stuff like that, so and there was a lot of money in the sport, and a lot of those riders made out very yeah. well at the time back then, you know, yeah. like Zem- Zemke, Duhamel, so... Yeah. Yeah, it, it was good, you know. So the Millardan
0: era was still going strong, it, right? Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. So I think my dad just thought it was a really good opportunity for me instead of what he did his whole life, which was flat track racing, and he thought that road race was a was a better option, you know, as a as a career.
0: Isn't it kind of interesting now that kind of somewhat the roles have kind of reversed a bit in that world, or am I crazy to think that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think. I think Flat check was pretty strong maybe a couple of years ago. Um I think their stuff is reversing now again and I think Motor okay. America is kind of coming stronger. Right. Um Well, I don't know about stronger, but it, it seems like it's it's getting a a decent following and stuff on social media with the Bagger right. class and stuff like that. So
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed the Bagger class definitely is uh bringing a lot more eyes into Motor America. Yeah. And you know, I Look, you know, Motor America has had their issues, especially this year. Um, and I think every every group is going to have experience uh, growing pains, if you will. Um, and it seems like they're doing a good job to address some of the communication stuff. And, you know, while, while somebody ends up leaving butthurt after, you know, the fact is that they are trying to make changes. Like, I don't. Like, I've been pretty vocal on this show, and, you know, some of my guests, Stamboli, regular guest, um, has been pretty vocal about Moto America. But I don't want my show to be, like, a shit on Moto America thing, because I'm actually a huge fan of Moto America, and I think it's pretty cool to see and hear that people from all over the – like, people in Europe and stuff are, like, super into it, right? Like, the the analytics of Moto America is pretty strong, the strongest they've been, like you said, so – You know, hopefully that translates into writer salary for lunatics like yourself. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I think it's, uh, (laughs) yeah, a lot of people follow Motor America and stuff. They have a very strong social media following. I mean, they will probably be over a million followers, I guess, soon on their Instagram and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's a good following. But um, I think, you know, especially this year and stuff because there were so many teams in the – in the series and Superbike, so it was a pretty yeah. good, sh- pretty good show, you know. Um, and like even like Richard, you know, he wants a battle all the time of yeah. other manufacturers. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. it's great to win every single race and stuff like that, but it's right. it's good to have all the other manufacturers there fighting for uh, a chance at the the top spot uh, on on each weekend. You know, that's what that's what makes right. the racing good and and what makes the uh, the series keep going. You know
0: yeah I mean when w- like this season it was Yamaha it, you know Cameron won you won heron won I mean it's it's pretty cool to to see three different manufacturers at least going at it you know uh, I mean one like i'm I'm part of you know I'm a supporter of the attack program and I don't hide the fact that You know we're on the winning team right and I want to see them win and I think it's awesome I'm supported by Yamaha as well and I want to see us finish one two three every time but it sure as a fan it's like not knowing who's gonna be the winner is super key right like this year it it was hard to say you know I mean it was hard to say who was gonna be the winner each weekend this year and um, it's been the first time it's been that way and as far as I can remember right? I mean, you know because there was the Matt Mladen era that you were talking about where literally like you knew every weekend except for maybe I don't know, where were the Eric Bostrom weekends? Pike's Peak, right? Pike's Peak pretty much was not going to be Mladen, right? And I don't know, just pick a willow, right? But then pretty much every other weekend was Matt Mladen and then it was Ben Spees and it was Josh Hayes and now it's but then it was Beaubier again, and then it was Jake, right? Yeah. So, you know, you, a couple of years ago, you knew, like, mo- going in, I mean, Jake had everybody beat before they even put their leathers on, right? So the fact is, you guys are strapping the boots on and putting t- putting the screws to everybody. It's uh, it's su- certainly fun to watch.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so. I think, yeah, for sure. I, you know, Suzuki had their error. Their Yamaha has had their air still has it but yeah i I feel like you know that there's manufacturers and some riders have have just dominated the the series um in the past so yeah I, i think i think this year was was pretty good with with different people dominating or not dominating but like you know being at the front running at the front and and challenging for wins and stuff like that where there wasn't just one dominant rider that you right. knew was going to win every every single weekend. So I think it changed a little bit this year.
0: So you started out on the 125, and then you know, I'm looking at my notes, and I'm like, bro, you did USGPRU, and then a couple years later, you're in the world championship? How did that go down, and what was that like?
1: Yeah, so like when I was 12 years old, I got a call to go over and do the uh, – Red Bull MotoGP Academy. It was before okay. the start of the Rookies Cup. Um, and they selected like, it was like five or six riders from different countries and then they put them together and they, they live in Spain and they run in the Spanish Championship. So I did that and then I came back to the States um, and then I re- went over there and ran the Spanish Championship again. But um, I, yeah, I never really had the opportunity to go to the World Championship of 125 MotoGP. I only did one. Okay one race which was a wild card at indie
0: oh okay okay
1: yeah
0: so, so yeah that was uh was that the was that the weekend that uh uh what the hell's uh number 45 p uh lintz is that the the weekend that lintz kid passed
1: yeah i think it was yes yeah yeah it was that, that yeah same, dude that same year.
0: you're in that same class huh like joe roberts was in there right like back then yeah yeah. Crazy.
1: Yeah, no, that was the uh, Rookie's Cup. I was actually in the one two five GP class.
0: Oh oh oh, you know what? That was um at Indy was it uh wasn't Rookie's Cup, it was uh more walkie Cup or I mean, something, Oh yeah, right? that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, more right. walkie. yeah, Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow man, that's um well that's a hell of an opportunity. So what did, what did you do after that? Because I'm you know i'm kind of i was kind of looking up some of your history stuff and i like i saw a gap between like you know oh what a 2008 and like 12. so like what did you do after that opportunity did you go back to doing the usgpru stuff or you know how did you end up how did you end up in like world Supersport sport or whatever
1: yeah so a- after that opportunity i went back to usgpru um, okay and I got some phone calls, actually, because I was thinking about running the, I was thinking about running, I think it was Wira? It was either, yeah, it was Wira, and I was going to get supplied bikes from uh, Chuck Graves or uh, Honda were going to give me bikes. And um, I was going to pick one of those, but I didn't end up doing that and i went to ama Supersport the following okay year. and i rode my first year with celtic racing celtic racing under a suzuki privateer suzuki
0: okay okay
1: yeah so i ended up doing that for the the full year but prior to that of the indie race i i did a, a wild card at the New Jersey, the last race of the kids' class, I think it was called at the time, This whatever that 600 class was below the proper 600 class.
0: Oh, oh, uh, oh yeah, like the East and West Supersport thing? Yeah,
1: that thing. I did, like, one okay, of those yeah, races yeah. at New Jersey. Um, I was on pole position and everything. But uh, then after that, it, it didn't go well because I jumped a start. There was a lot of drama. But um, the following year after that, I did uh, Privateer Suzuki with Celtic. And then from that point, it, like – yeah, that's where my professional career, I guess, started kicking off from that point.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm seeing that you uh, you did a stock thousand in British Super Stock or whatever, British Superbike Stock Thousand or whatever.
1: British Superstock. Yeah, I. Um, yeah. I went to. British you were like twenty. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. So I, like I did this. You,
0: it's like 20 years old. You go and race in the UK and you like win at 20.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, 19. I was actually, I was 18.
0: You were 18? No yeah, I was
1: eight, 18. Yeah, because I, I had no ride that year. So um, okay. I text one of my mechanics that was um, that was Irish that helped me forever. And uh, he's like, hey, you know, come over and maybe you could ride, um, have a testing opportunity with Philip Neal at, at Taiko Suzuki. So he okay. went to this like little shithole place in ireland this track uh kirkestown and um (laughs) i tested there and i I did pretty good so they were like oh hey you know why don't you come do the next Superstock race it's next weekend and i was like okay i could do that and that's how my bsb career like got taken off
0: like yeah you're just fast you you take out what was what was the weekend that what was the race weekend that you won is it France hatch or something donnington Donington, okay. Yeah, that yeah. was my
1: first win on the superstock bike in BSB.
0: I and how I many passed. how many times had you been to Donington before that?
1: Never, <laughs> never. <laughs> yeah, and I pa- I passed uh, Lee Johnson in the grass for the win. It was amazing.
0: Uh, and it, so I, I would assume it's dry then, right? Yeah, the gra-
1: Yeah, it was dry. Yeah, for once. I
0: mean, it's
1: the yeah. UK, right? Yeah, the UK is never. It's always raining.
0: <laughs> so. You, Track you' have never been to a bike you tested once series you're not in you go grid up and win yeah that
1: that's
0: a that's a hell of a way to Could you try again? that's a hell of a way to start your career yeah.
1: Yeah, it was it was pretty good. That's how I ended up getting noticed, I guess, in in the British uh, championship. You know, because from that point on, I was on the podium or winning each race. After that, I was battling with the, that key, kid Keith Farmer, who unfortunately he passed away this year. But I was battling with him the whole time, and, and it was it was really good.
0: Wow. Okay. So I'm getting I'm getting some comments. So funny. Okay. Um, I'll I'll get to the comments a little bit, guys. Like I want to let PJ. Kind of open up a little bit. Everybody wants to know what he's doing next year. We we'll wait. Come on, man. Even if he he doesn't he may not even know. So like chill. <laughs> Let's yeah. get through this. Let him tell the story, assholes. Like you know, talking to the seven fans, right? So, um Okay, so how long did you do the the British thing? Like how did that the British stock thousand or whatever?
1: Yeah, so I did that. <clears throat> From 2000, the end of 2018 till 20... No, not so sorry. I did the British uh, Championship for for two years. So that was in 2012 until... Or 2000, yeah, the end of 2011 to 2013. So I rode British Superstock and I rode British Superbike. So I did so well in British Superstock that it got me a ride in British Superbike.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So so you did ride you did get to ride British Superbike.
1: Yeah, I rode for okay. um Taiko Suzuki in British Superbike with Josh Brooks, who's my teammate. Uh um, okay. and yeah, I, I feel like I ended up doing pretty good towards the end of the year once I got to know the tracks and, and stuff like that.
0: Right on. Yeah. Right on. So so you did that and then I'm seeing like World Supersport. You did yeah. some World Supersport?
1: So after that year, I did. You I had an MV Agusta,
0: a, Agusta or something, right? Or was that, Am I crazy to think that?
1: I MV Agusta, I had like a couple of years after being in World Supersport. Sport. So oh, okay. when I went from British Superbike, um, I got a opportunity from Andrew Pitt, who was my crew chief, to go ride for a Kawasaki team in World Supersport. Okay. So I did, yeah, 2014 to 2017 in World Supersport. And okay. I wrote for a bunch of different manufacturers in the class.
0: Yes, like yeah, you're uh you did a Cowie Honda did you do a Yamaha too or Suzuki? No, uh M V. Oh, you the M V, okay. Yeah. I kind I only really remember the M V. You know, that's when it's like shit man, this American kid's like going at it, you know? So like you won you won races, right?
1: yeah I, I won a yeah a, b- a bunch of races um I had a really good season that I almost won the world championship um yeah if that season was a little bit different, I think I could have beat Keenan in the championship, but unfortunately it just didn't work out in my favor that year
0: uh, yeah I mean that I guess happens right so i basically i guess you did World Superbike one more time in eighteen before coming back to the states right
1: yeah, I feel like I'm on Wikipedia right now.
0: Hey man, I'm digging the shit up I'm not <laughs> I'm, Greg, I'm not Greg White bro. Greg knows all this shit by heart, right? Like I been did research on your ass like <laughs> I'm not Greg dude. like yeah, I'm just like looking you up and I, I do remember the MV Agusta thing, and um, I don't really remember the world Superbike thing. Um, I mean we could, it's 2018, like whatever, but when you came back to the states in 19 you were part of what i consider the last like most competitive super sport had ever been oh yeah you were, the, you were part of that last time because that year it was you never knew it could have been you on the celtic bike it could have been uh fonger it could have been uh richie <clears throat> it could have been um sdk right like was, there's was like four of you guys stabbing yeah. each other in the neck every weekend and it was some of the most exciting racing that class has ever seen and hasn't seen since then. So walk me through that, dude. Like, tell me about your battles that year. Because that's, you know, that's what probably most people remember about you when they when you came back anyway.
1: So coming back, like, I came off a really bad year in World Series Bike. And I was just, like, mentally just done from it. And it was really rough. So... I got the call from uh, Bobby, HSBK and Barry and they wanted to put a team together um, on the R6. Yeah. Um, so they did that and we, we had a team for the year and yeah, it was a lot of battles. I mean, I didn't really remember a lot of the, the tracks cause it was so long since I like rode, rode them <laughs> and a lot of them were new to me, you know? So yeah, it's like, I haven't been riding around in AMA and stuff like that with like most of the guys for, for years. So so yeah, some of the new tracks were a little bit of a struggle for me, but um yeah, that was a that was a really crazy year. It's just funny too because I feel like every time I go into a class each year, like it's not easy. There's every time that I'm yeah. involved in a class, it's stacked. It's like has yeah. the most it has all the most guys that you know that you're always battling against in that class. It's it's never yeah. like, oh, there's one guy that I have to worry about this year, you know? No, right. there's like seven or eight guys, you know? It's like Superbike yeah. this past year, you know? Every time I'm in the class, there's it's packed.
0: <laughs> I mean, would you have it any other way?
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's great, and it's great for the racing and stuff like that, you know? But um, I, it's just funny, like, because when I do leave the class, it ends up being, like, the next year there's nobody in the class, and everybody's moved to Superbike. <laughs>
0: right, right. Well, you kind of moved to Superbike too. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, like I said, man, that, that class, I mean, some of those, dude, like at, uh, that, the last race of the year was Jersey that year, right? And, dude, that cl- all year long, every weekend, you, it was a full contact sport, right? You guys are smashing each other. Tell me yeah. about that. Like, what's it like making contact with a big corn fed dude like Hayden Gillum? <laughs>
1: You know, yeah, it was. It got pretty. Um, it got pretty intense, and then I think like just me, me, Hayden, and Bobby maybe like lost respect for uh, for each other <laughs> towards the end of the year. You know, everyone's like happy like at the start of the year, Road Atlanta and stuff. Everyone's
0: like, oh yeah, hey, Uh-oh. what's up,
1: man? You know, Uh-oh. but um, then yeah, I I... It just kind of went oh, downhill, you... I guess, at the end of the year. <laughs>
0: I, I lost you for just a second. Can you repeat oh. what you just said? Sorry.
1: Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, no, I just mean like, you know, Road Atlanta and stuff like that. You're all like, hey, bud, what's up, man? How you doing? Da, 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 da. Yeah. And then by the end of the year, it's like you want nothing to do with anybody. <laughs> and everyone hates each other.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you know, that's the year that, uh, what was it, SDK's dad, like, throwing water bottles. At, yeah. at, uh, yeah. Right? Like, yeah, I mean, that kind of shit, it's, like, uh, the level of intensity on track totally translated into the way the fans were reacting, you know, raz- teams were reacting, I mean, you know, um, there's, a, there's a couple of comments I could get to if you want, but, like, you know, people talking about how it's, like, not the way it's supposed to, racing's not supposed to be a full contact sport, right, like, yeah. so... Uh and sometimes I mean you were on you got punted a couple of times that season right and I don't remember if you were doing any of the punting but you were, you were right in the shit
1: uh, yeah I, it was just uh I think it was more you know it was more like Hayden and Bobby uh getting into some stuff and then you yeah. know SDK uh, Jersey and a couple other maybe incidents with Hayden or something like I, I feel like I didn't really get involved with that or had too much, like, contact. The only problem I had was that, like, pit race or something when me okay. and Hayden touched or whatever. But I had kind, of, kind of was a little <laughs> vocal at, pits, at pit race, you know. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It just uh, I try to stay away from that, that stuff. But yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're going to, like, punt me on the racetrack, like, honestly, <laughs> you're going to get it back, you know. So it's like, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean it it looked like it, it was a tit for tat kind of thing as far as I I could tell, but man, it sure made the racing exciting. And then, you know, the following year, you know, it was 2020 and the attack Yamaha team had just kind of taken off with factory level support kind of thing, you know, like instead of being a private team 100% on Richard's dime, you know, like he became the um, factory representation for Yamaha. Yeah. And, you know, that year, we had Bobier and we had um, Gagne, I think, right? Yep. Yeah. So, you know, that year, you um, had moved up. The Celtic guys were doing the Ducati thing, right? And uh, yeah. I remember, like, Stock 1000, you were racing the V4R in Stock 1000 and just smashed everybody. Like, <laughs> just absolutely just made everybody look like they were in B group, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden they tack a bunch of weight to your bike. Like, walk me through that season because that's kind of when you kind of had to put your whole shit on pause, right? So, what happened there?
1: I mean, it was all going good and stuff, you know, and then, hey, you know, Moto America, they're the ones, whatever, that allowed me into the class. So, they made the decision and... Whatever. It was just, um, yeah, it was a bad outcome after, like, I guess I started to win the first, uh, three races in the super stock right. class. Right. Um, and then, yeah, everybody started complaining or whatever like that because it's always the bike, you know? So, yeah, they started complaining and it kind of got, yeah. Then, then they started adding 25 pounds of weight they put on the bike and... I, like, started noticing that at Road America, but then, then when the bike caught fire and, and stuff, like, that's what ended my, my whole season because, like, I had burned so bad that I, I just couldn't race.
0: Yeah, I was worried about whether... what would, I reached out to you, I think, at one point. You're like, yeah, I'm actually good, looking for a ride, but I'm coaching kids now. I'm like, oh, okay. So you, you, you took... How long did it take you to heal from all the burns? Because you were pretty severely smoked, right? Like...
1: It took me a pretty long time, um, just because it kept healing and stuff, and the burns just... Like, when it was healing, it just keeps bleeding, and then it's bleeding, and bleeding, and bleeding, ah. and bleeding, and and I kept putting the cream on, and all the stuff that they kept telling me to, and it just was not healing. Like, it took for, forever, because it was just layers and layers of skin that was just burned off. Oh. So, yeah, it's and I didn't want to get it infected and stuff, so it just... Uh, yeah, it was pretty rough. And then also, too, it took me a little while to get, like, mentally back uh, into it as well because, like, I had some really bad memories I wrote America. Like, on the back straightaway with the bike on fire, um, I just had a really hard time of, like, being tucked in and, like, looking at a proper dash without it being, like, a pizza oven.
0: So oh, it was sure. kind of,
1: like, freaking me out. She so you had, like, a flashback
0: kind of thing? like.
1: Yeah, I had like, like
0: PTSD it, kind of Yeah,
1: pretty much. It's like almost like a guy that's in a severe fire like a a fireman or something and, yeah. and he's just like waking up in the middle of the night freaking out. He thinks he's oh. still burning or something. I I ended up actually actually having that a little bit, but
0: Wow, I was dude. Trying
1: that's... to trying to hide that, but yeah, it, it was a little it was a little not not good. Not that's good. That's hardcore, <laughs> man. Yeah. So then
0: so you heal up and obviously you don't have a ride or anything, so you just were you mentoring, uh, you were mentoring young younger writers? Somebody somebody in the comments mentioned that they saw you working with Sam Lockoff.
1: So the, when I got all like healed up and stuff like that, I, I still didn't really like have a ride for that next season because I guess I didn't prove or anything and people didn't know how it was gonna be after the burns and all that situation. So um, Sam's dad, uh called uh, me um and Barry who who like helps me with everything from salt grazing um and was like hey you know can PJ help Sam next year so he put me on this program uh, to train his kid and Sam was moving up to the 600 class with the uh, M4 and I I um I went to Florida to go live with Sam for like 3 months and then I took him back to my house to, to train the rest of the season throughout my my uh, my place because there was a supermoto track and, and all stuff like that. So I feel like I put a lot of effort into into Sam because like I was hungry as well to, to just get back out there on the grid and and I it was like I was like living through Sam. So oh, wow. I every time I like was training him and like pushing him hard to work out and riding every single day and. And just like eating and just everything that we like did together, I felt like I was kind of living through him. And um, yeah, he did really, really, really well that season, and he ended up getting third in the championship. He won a race, um, so yeah, I was like super proud of the kid. And uh, he came a, a really long way from a from a start at like Jennings in January, where where I was scared to even put him on the grid, think it was safe enough. And, oh, wow. and the kid kid ended up winning a winning a race at the end of the season. So um it just showed that like i was really proud of my myself for doing the hard work and and uh and he fought through it the whole season as well so it was, it was a really good good program and um i was happy to to do that for a kid like like that and
0: i thought you were saying that you worked with younger kids too right or no
1: yeah so like i have this uh, thing called jacobson motorcycle training okay. um I, I've worked with like a, the lowest age I've worked with is a five-year-old okay. um, so That's yeah okay. I, I work with all, all kids like that um, I know basically like all the kids in the ovale class um, they all see me at the races and I always give them hugs and and uh, just love those kids you know they're they're super fast and and the thing is like that that nobody realizes it's like all those kids you know, will be racing me one day. Hopefully I'm not like 40 by then, but I probably will be. But um, they're, they're going to be racing me, and, and they're going to be beating me, you know. And, and I can see, like, a lot of the kids that, that have talent in the Ovali class that are coming up, and I've been in the same position as them and, and, and their parents is where my dad's been at. And yeah. I, I know the struggles and stuff that, that parents and kids go through to get to, to where they are, you know. But um, the main thing is, too, to be, like, a, a professional athlete, in the superbike class which is the top class is you know all those kids want to do is just uh, you to hang out with them you know because it's cool right. for them you know you're in the superbike class and they're racing no and they just want to get there one day so it's like it means the world to them to just just go and hang out with them and, and be able to ride with them you know
0: yeah it's like uh i guess you could say Rocco landers <laughs> racing against josh hayes yeah
1: right exactly yeah
0: yeah <laughs> I mean, makes sense, right? Shit, you racing against Josh Hayes, really, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Josh Hayes, I feel like he'll be racing forever.
0: <laughs> dude, right? Like, yeah. He's, I mean, I'm an old guy, and he's like a year older than me, man. Yeah. I was like, shit. Yeah, so. exactly.
1: Especially when he did it, like, Brainerd. I was like, dude, how are you not dying? You know, he's yeah. riding Superbike and super sport the same, the whole weekend. It's like, all right, you're my new yeah. hero, Josh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, so before I move over to the BMW thing, um, let me go to some of the comments, because people are chiming in and stuff. Um, Yeah. So let's go here. I got some comments from Davey Stone. I don't know if you know him. Um, No. Okay, so there's one guy named- Nice to meet you, Davey. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Hyperdyne15 asks you to discuss your transition from the off-season from a training and nutrition perspective. So transition to the off season from the training and nutrition pr- perspective. So are you gonna. Season's over, it's time to eat Cheetos and Twinkies.
1: I mean, like when, when the season ends, yeah, for sure. Like, I feel like you, you deserve a huge break and stuff of, of, of doing everything and just kind of eating whatever you want and, and stuff like that. But, uh,. Yeah, I feel like it's a little hard for me to do those things though, because like I like to to keep myself in shape, so I'm not gonna just let myself go or anything. Okay. But um, yeah, I definitely feel like um, uh, I eat a lot, like more or maybe more junk food or something like that when when the season ends, and because like when the season's there and stuff, maybe you, you watch a little more careful of your nutrition and, and what you're eating and stuff throughout throughout the season instead of instead of eating the the fatty foods and stuff like that when when the season season ends but, but you know we have, we have so good yeah exactly <laughs> everything ice cream cheesecake but um okay yeah, with, yeah i feel like we have a long break off until like you know uh, march of like daytona so it's kind of yeah. like a bunch of months off to to like relax a little bit
0: okay yeah. So uh, what kind of things what, – what's your go-to training thing? I, I talk to a lot of guys, right? So it seems like most people have some kind of bicycle that they're doing, you know, swimming, I, you know, Hayes, the tennis thing. Like what, what's your – And or there's JD who just rides something every day. He's outside, you know. He's like that guy. So, like, yeah. what? what's your go-to thing? What's your – what are you doing to – to train.
1: So yeah, I, I feel like I, I like, just do pretty much easy stuff. Like I, uh, I run all the time. You're uh, a runner. Okay. Yeah, I like running. Yeah, I'm not really like I was into cycling for a while. Um, I'm kind of a person that likes like gets over stuff quick. So okay. I was in a cycling stage for a little while. Um, like three years or something and then I kind of got out of it and got bored with it and then I started getting into running big and then I got into rowing big indoor cycling like I feel like I I feel like I get bored with things uh, a lot but um the main thing for me is like just to keep my cardio at a at a certain level and and I like I I enjoy running um so that's an easy cardio thing for me to go on a five mile run or something like that every other day um the rowing machine I have that at my house um or indoor cycling, like the Concept Two, which is the same as the rowing machine. I have all that stuff in my house, and I, I just do like light weights as well. But um, for me, like the biggest thing for training um, that you should do, like that helps me all the time, is is riding my supermoto bike or my ovali or, or motocross. Um, so just basically being bike fit uh, is okay. a huge plus for me more than any any other thing, to be
0: honest. Okay, that's fair. <clears throat> I mean, like I like I said, JD says he's riding something basically all the time yeah bicycle supermoto dirt track turn track whatever yeah i see a lot of your social media you're you're really active in the supermoto thing like yeah that's a good time do you do you have like just one regular track that you ride both directions or do you ride multiple supermoto tracks or local to you what's your what's your go-to there
1: Yeah, so I have a track in New York that I ride. Uh, There's a New Jersey Motorsports Park. Um, I ride in Bushnell in Florida or Anderson in Florida. So I I go to a whole bunch of different tracks all the time. Um, I was trying to talk to, like, a a bunch of other guys that I hang out with, like Ashton Yates and Brandon Posh and stuff like that because we were trying to organize something to – to go out and do like a Texas trip or something, be oh,
0: that'd something be cool.
1: cool because we wanted to ride Supermoto for like a week or something like that. It would be it'd be pretty cool for all of us. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's good to mix up all the tracks in the Supermoto because one track gets pretty boring and stuff. But but that's a huge thing for me is is the Supermoto stuff. I really feel like I feel uh, bike fit with that and um, and it's a lot of fun.
0: Right on, right on. Okay, so uh, Davy Soane says. Davey Jesus in the house, he calls himself – well, he used to call his bike Baby Jesus, so whatever. But (laughs) he's he's, he's asking, like, uh, what your thoughts are on the BMW, and then he also said – he says that Aussie Dave said those English guys play rough on the track. So you want to talk – you want to take one of those or both of those?
1: Yeah, I'll I'll take both of those. Yeah, Um, what are your
0: thoughts on the BMW? So –
1: I think the BMW when we when we first got it uh, and I first signed for the team two years ago, um, yeah. it was like, yeah, it was a hard starting point because um, the bike was pretty good, I guess, like out of the box um, with horsepower, all that stuff. But uh, I felt like there was a lot to do with the electronics um, and, and other parts on the bike, like grip levels and, and stuff like that. That we that we really had to to like. Um, Nailed out. Um, I think after one year of riding it and then going into this second year, and then Cameron coming on board, um, you know, he got a lot to give a lot of feedback from the test at uh, like Button Willow. Okay. Um, and <clears throat> the other test at Chuck Walla. Okay. Um, but I think, I think that he was a huge help uh, as well to. asking for some stuff um and i think from that point on the the whole bmw kind of moved forward um with the electronics uh the grip level with swing arm and and stuff like that and and finding little ways to to make the bike not spin up as much and and not lose so much grip because i feel like that was a huge downfall for it because um we had so much power in our in our hands that um that we were just spinning so much and uh the bike was wheeling and it was really out of control and and really really hard to ride you know Um, yeah
0: it looks hard to ride dude i talked to you at Laguna, and i was like bro are you good dude because your bike looks like it's twisting you up into knots right there (laughs) like out of turn 11 and you're like dude that's exactly what's happening he's like i'm just he's you're like i'm just trying to hang on to not die yeah exactly (laughs) my gosh.
1: That's pretty much like the whole time you ride that thing is just like you're death gripping that bike, you know? Like I've never had so much arm pump in my entire life
0: Oh my from, gosh. Riding,
1: from riding the BMW just because it's like such a handful. Well, um, did it,
0: um, was it also foreign territory for you riding a bike with that many options with the electronics? And I don't know how many swing arms you guys tried that first year, but I would imagine you tried a couple different ones, right?
1: Uh yeah, I feel like we're working more on electronic stuff and everything the first year and nailing okay. all that stuff down. Um, I feel like that I actually as a as a rider like learned so much in the two years of working around this whole program that we had though. Yeah. With uh with electronics and and all the different things that it involves like of putting like a super bike package together and, and yeah little things to make the bike move forward on the track. Like I, I learned so much, um, you know, through the, the whole team with, with doing that stuff. So it was pretty incredible actually experience for me me as well. But um, right. I feel like towards the end of it, like by Jersey and stuff of this past year, that, that we got the bike to, to be a competitive bike where it could probably have been on the podium from every weekend moving forward Like it, even if they went into 2024 Like that bike was a Was a podium bike at Every single every single weekend I think
0: Wow I mean it, it looked like it Like I said at the <laughs> beginning of the show right Like you're on that short list of dudes That have been able to beat Gagne Straight up in the last few years Right so yeah, Clearly you made some progress from the bike That looked like it was trying to kill you Every yeah. exit Basically yeah. Right, because yeah. yeah, it was always yeah. at the exit. Right, it looked really good going in, it, but just the exit looked like it was trying to chew a, chewed up bubble gum. You know, yeah. it's like yeah, for sure. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, or I fair. remember
1: I would always like tell Scotty, you know, because like he worked with with Gagne in the past, and I was like, dude, this thing is moving around so much, it's not okay. It's like it's too much. He's like, did you see Gagne? He's fighting his bike everywhere. I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, Gagne, Gagne um, even, if you, if you look at him in 2020 versus him in 2021, yeah. like, even though he's active on the bike, the bikes, and it's gotten progressively better, obviously, but, you know, the bike's not moving around like it was in 2020. He's, he's yeah. not fighting it. He's making it do that. So, yeah. Or at least it looks like that, anyway. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, and then Davey's other comment was about those English guys playing rough on the track. Is that uh, that accurate there?
1: (laughs) Uh, I think in BSB it for sure is. um, Yeah? I've had some pretty, like, gnarly battles um, in the BSB classes. Like, I rode the 600 class, which was pretty crazy. Uh, I remember the 600 class, I won my only and first ever 600 race in BSB. Um, We were going into, like, the last corner chicane ass and there was like five of us together and there was like three people on the inside and then someone's trying to pass each other on the outside it was a mess and we were all off in the gravel and I ended up winning the race but yeah they're pretty uh, pretty intense over there and um they're definitely pretty rough at the BSB tracks that's that's for sure
0: did do you think that that kind of roughness prepared you moving forward for the shit that you experienced later you know like super sport a couple of years ago that i just talked about
1: i i think so it yeah definitely or did. racing um, against these
0: lunatics you know i mean yeah your your teammate jake campy you yeah know, Skultz, right you're right yeah. man that super high class is stacked holy shit like saying yeah. it out loud it's like wow you know um okay so let's see here wow uh ricky bobby uh you know the boxo tool guy He's like – he says that you're a cool dude and something about uh, loving you on the Taiko Suzuki and the core Honda 600. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, The Honda guy Trevor Watson says, hey, you won on a Honda, right? Of course he says that. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Um, And Tenkata, you rode on Tenkata?
1: Yeah, I did, Yep, for one year in World Supersport.
0: Okay. Wow, dude. Hopping teams, changing crews each time, right? Like, how is that?
1: Yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty crazy. That's for sure. But um, <laughs> even in my my year that I almost won the world championship, like I was on uh, the Kawasaki Intermoto team, and then after uh, the fourth round, uh, the trailer and truck, all that stuff, got confiscated. Uh, the police took everything. Um, the guy oh, was shit. like, "Oh shit!"
0: Is that the Paul Bird thing?
1: No, that's that's different. Uh, and, and the not uh, yeah, drugs it was, like, was it? No, oh, I don't know what it was. <laughs> there was one. I I, there I was really one know.
0: Cowie team that I thought it was Paul Bird that like they were like smuggling drugs or something across when they were in their uh, Euro side.
1: Yeah, in the past, I think something like that happened with one of one of those teams.
0: But, yeah. Crazy.
1: But yeah, my team like quit, folded, and we had like oh, wow. the nicest truck in the paddock, and it was gone. Um, so yeah, I had no ride after that And I was sitting third in the championship In the world championship um, And then I had to find a ride So I was figuring it out And then I ended up jumping to the core Honda bike Because they got rid of their rider After the next round So I jumped oh. on that And I, I was like uh, on the podium instantly And then from that point on I was either first or second in every single race From the remaining really? wow. season Yeah, So if my season went well at the, the beginning um and i didn't have those two bad results with my other team i would have been very close
0: to winning the world championship shit dude like yeah you you're like the guy that like almost won the championship multiple times yeah runs. that's uh, you know yeah. man that's why if you look at like, my
1: instagram it just says runner up runner up runner up yeah. runner up runner up runner, you're, runner you're up you're like
0: the you're <laughs> like the randy mamola of world super sports yeah
1: exactly <laughs> i feel like i am randy mamola yeah exactly <laughs> It's second in except, everything,
0: except I have a better hairline. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, Bobby is saying that he got to ride at Jennings behind you when you were coaching Sam Lockoff. and he said, "Yeah, that lasted about three corners, and you guys were gone." Uh, <laughs> Michael Palm says there are a few races at Motor America Supersport where you seem to be unhappy with some of the over-aggressive riding and some of the riders. Um since you raced all over the world, how do you rate the riding in motor america? that's a good question.
1: The riding in motor america I think is uh is pretty good um I think it's especially good for like the fans um I think you know like I'm friends with Josh I think that 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 he makes some pretty good entertaining passes for for motor America
0: that's, a, that's an interesting way to put it
1: you know um I think. Yeah, I think there's some aggressive passing and stuff like that. Um, Cameron makes some good passes. Jake does. Skoltz. Um, Schultz, Skoltz yeah, made, he made a
0: really interesting pass on Heron at Jersey, right?
1: At, at Jersey.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, this year. Yeah, he uh, – yeah. Oh, he, yeah, he, i he...
1: seen that one. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm talking
0: about, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was like, exactly. uh, woo, right? So I think he got penalized for it too. So – Yeah. You know um, – that's that's fair. I mean, back you then you got penalized
1: you know, one one position, right?
0: Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. yeah.
1: That was a rough pass too, and I got penalized two positions for a yellow flag.
0: That you couldn't see cuz you yeah. were on the inside yeah. of the dude you were passing. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah you know, thanks. Thanks guys. Appreciate that <laughs> consistency, right? Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know how all that stuff gets ruled or whatever. Uh, you know. I mean, it is a bummer. Like, I didn't think you did <laughs> that. I, I could only imagine, like I said, I could only imagine you trying to read their chicken scratch on the pit board yeah. with blue tape and shit. Like, I was like, what are you, like, I, I, I kind of wish they had, um, do you kind of wish they had the uh, writer communication shit on the dash to where they could be like, hey, dude, you got to slow down yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, hey, that's what I, uh, we brought or up. Or build a long lap penalty or something.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or just like have it on your dash, like you said. You know, it's like yeah, you have to go back two positions or something. You know?
0: Yeah. Okay. So then Trevor says um, PJ's fast glass media videos on Instagram are pretty sick. Um, yeah. I'm sure you know that. That's why you post them. Um, yeah, you and need then do more <laughs> super Dude, you do, man. Like you're sideways, like damn near dragging the bar, like that's and then you yeah. in instantly into a wheelie. It's it's all, I'm sure those almost get as much views as uh the flame coming out of the back of your superbike, yeah. right?
1: I should just do supermoto videos, not even road race anymore. <laughs>
0: what's the what's the deal with the superbike and the flamethrower? Like those BMWs ever since they came out, they're just shooting fire out of the out of the tailpipe.
1: Yeah, I have no idea. It's like uh yeah. It's Peter's little uh thing over there. I feel like Cameron had a lot more flames this year.
0: Oh, is that right? <laughs> no. I don't, I don't know. know, dude. I'll I'll will I'll be straight up with you man. Like, you know, uh Jake's dad and I were up at the top of the Kirk screw at Laguna and uh, dude, Cameron's bike that weekend sounded quite a bit different than your bike did. Like I don't yeah. know why, I don't know what the difference was. But definitely did not sound like the same bike. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what that is. Tuning, gearing. I no idea. But definitely didn't sound the same.
1: Maybe it was the right. rider. The,
0: you know, uh, yeah. I mean that he's he's another one of those lunatics, right? He so, is. I like it. Multi-tape champ. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> All right. So then the next question is from Brian Green. And this is another training one, but um, what do you, how do you get enough protein in when you're training, Mr. Professional Athlete Guy? Enough
1: protein in? Uh, yeah,
0: like
1: I feel like I definitely didn't have enough in for Coda this year. I'll tell you that. I was so to oh, yeah? pass out at that place. That was the well, roughest weekend I ever had. It was hot, in. dude. And it I wish so like hot. I had like a nutrition coach at that race that weekend, to be honest with you. Really? Because, yeah, because that was that was really bad.
0: Like, uh, uh, was it... Yeah. You, you you were cramping up, or what was happening?
1: No, just like, it was so hot, you know? Like, I've raced in Thailand and Malaysia before, and I've been, like, prepared for those, and I know not to eat, like, uh, you know, fried food and stuff like that, and I wasn't doing that at CODA weekend, and... Uh, I was drinking plenty, PDLite, all that stuff, and yeah, I just, it was so hot out there from the bikes, like, it was just, it was getting intense, you know, it was like 115 degrees.
0: Yeah, I was out there just long enough to hold the umbrella on the grid for Jake, and I thought my shoes were gonna melt.
1: (laughs) I know, it was like,
0: yeah. I could only imagine you guys on this, like, hot missile, you know, so, okay, um, let's see uh yeah moto prosecutor says that you need to be a man and train hard with enduro with enduro yeah oh hard enduro en- riding yeah 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 okay yeah enduro
1: enduro riding is pretty intense
0: yeah i'm not yeah and trevor asks this but i i had it in my notes as well and i know i know scooter but what's it like working with scooter scooter Jensen. Oh,
1: yeah it's good like uh i've been with scotty since 2019 we're in 2023 now so um yeah i i love scotty he's 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 awesome dude to work with um he's had my back the whole entire time um and yeah he i feel like he knows me like very very well so setup wise like yeah every time i'm saying something he knows what i'm what I'm pretty much looking for, you know, um, and yeah, he's he's really good too. Like if we have a bad weekend, like you know, we both go down together and we we figure it out. We're really upset and and pissed off, but um, yeah, we get through the weekend and we move on to the next one and then make sure we dominate or be really really fast at the next one. So um, yeah, I, I've uh, I have a lot of respect for Scotty and uh, he knows me very well and I I really really have a lot of trust for that guy with things.
0: Yeah, do you think that um, Scotty, being a former superbike racer himself, helps with getting things going?
1: Yeah, I, I think so because um, it's hard when someone hasn't rode, I guess, um, in crew chief position or something like that. Sometimes because they don't really understand what what you're saying. Um, so Scotty's okay. been been down those roads and he knows the feelings that. Us as riders get and everything, and what we're explaining, so he can probably have a better um, understanding of that.
0: Okay, that's fair. Yeah, you know, um, S- scooter. Uh, I know he's. I know he's pretty switched on with the electronics stuff too, right? So, is he? Do you guys have like a? Did you guys have like a dedicated data guy or, um, like? Because I think you guys are. Are you guys using BMW electronics or Morelli? What were you guys using?
1: BMW electronics.
0: Okay, so you had like you had like a dedicated data guy, but scooter, I think scooter had been to like Morelli school, so like he kind of. Yeah, think, yeah, Sco- think, Scotty
1: knows everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I think he he's pretty switched on with the electronics and can help the data guy translate what you're doing with or how did it work in your pit?
1: I mean, sometimes my uh, my data guy wasn't there this year, so. Oh was really. Like, Three races that he couldn't make. Um, oh, that sucks. So Scotty did everything. And uh, like Brainerd, I didn't have a data guy. And we won a ra- our first race.
0: <laughs> yeah. Isn't that how it works?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> truthfully, like, <clears throat> Luke did a great job for me this year. He was my data yeah. guy. And he was uh, brought on from, like, the the trucking or car um, air, uh, area. Yeah. And he did a great job, and he was learning everything. And I, I really am appreciative of him. But um, honestly, like Scotty, like if you just had him on the team, like he could do all that stuff himself. He's he knows everything, and it's just it's just too much for him to do. You know, going over suspension and this and that. Like the whole purpose of having another guy there is so yeah, you can. Like make the time come down of doing everything, you know. Right. Because like Scotty will be there till eight nine o'clock at night, still going over everything, while the other guys are gone because they have their data guy, you know. So right. Scotty has to look at a lot more stuff, you know. And um, yeah, it's it's good. He he can literally do everything. Like he's he's one person of everything. So he's wow. a great great. That person. sounds
0: very familiar <clears throat> on on our team. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. except our team, like, that guy is Richard, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, that guy, I mean, you know, he drives the truck <clears throat> sometimes. Like, he's, I don't know how the dude could be such a blue-collar guy at, and be a white-collar guy at the same time. Like, Yeah. you know, I mean, he does everything. And he also has this, like, crazy mindset where it's like, um, why am I going to pay somebody to do something I could do myself, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, what's it like um, being on a three-rider superbike team? Like, what's that? What? How's that vibe in your pit?
1: It was it was pretty crazy. Um, I think that just it's hard to like when you have three superbike riders. Like, there's a lot of parts involved, you know. So, it's very like difficult for I guess you to make sure that you have all the parts for three riders and stuff like that. So it gets a bit hectic in there in a big truck with, with three riders. I think it definitely is a lot. And, um, you're kind of like at the maximum right there of doing it with three riders. Like you're, you're at the limit, you know, because yeah, yeah, it just gets, it gets very, very difficult.
0: Well, a lot of people callously have been, uh, like, Basically asking Richard if they, you know, he's going to bring a third superbike into the team, and they don't realize how much effort that really is, and um, you know, and you could see it, you could kind of see what happened with that, right? I mean, it looked like, I mean, from the outside in, I don't know, I haven't talked to Corey too much. I talked to him a little bit, but man, it sure looked like he had, he was like, he was like the bastard step kid on that team. It seemed like, you know. It seemed like he had last year's stuff and until the end, and then look what happened, you know. Yeah, yeah. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to. Uh, yeah, it's hard to say for sure. Did, did yeah, I feel for
0: Corey? Did Corey uh, <clears throat> did Corey like step across the wall or whatever in your guys' pit and ask you guys what you guys are doing or anything like that to help yeah, himself was, or? There was or a like,
1: lot of. There was a lot of communication throughout the whole team and stuff. You that's know? cool. Yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> so I think yeah, whatever Corey needed information-wise and stuff, it was always pretty much available. You know?
0: Okay. That's that's cool. <clears throat> that's, yeah. That's the way it should be, right? Because the, you know a team is supposed to want to win. Want everybody on the team to to, to win, right? So. Yeah,
1: that's how it, how it should be exactly. Because like everybody should have a fair chance with the all the same equipment and stuff like that and um yeah yeah, give the rider an opportunity to to win because that's what they're they're there for you know
0: so i'm getting some more i'm getting some more commentary here um let's see another ricky bobby question about uh kenan but like uh let's see Racing against and almost beating Keenan and he says he he uh he saw Jeff's Honda getting prepared for him. Okay. Wow. It's like oh yeah. Almost beating Kanan to the championship he means PJ beat him in a couple of races. How was how was it battling with Kanan? Safoglu.
1: Pretty pretty intense. That guy is very, very intense. He's a very intense rider. Um uh, yeah, I, I just think that, you know, when he goes out in free practice one, he basically sets the bar. Um, and okay. the, lap time, the lap time, he's on, like, right away. So, yeah, he's just a hes a fighter, like, to the end.
0: That sounds familiar here <clears> in the Super Bowl, <throat> doesn't it?
1: <clears throat> yeah. You
0: know, I mean, nobody's – I don't think anybody <clears throat> could argue that Jake does that here, right? Yeah. He goes out – he rolls out, and his second lap is already, like, you know – what what do you think it would take to for you to to just be like that from the jump or do you need a few laps to kind of get going or like what's your I guess your mantra if you will when you get up to pace
1: I mean I feel like in free practice 1 I'm pretty much up to pace sometimes I feel like <clears throat> I'm either in the top 3 in free practice 1 but uh Okay Sometimes I get stuck at the lap time of that fast lap time that we did. So it gets a little hard to to improve on that um okay. just with bike setup and and some things to to move forward that that half a second to free practice 2 or free practice 3. So I feel like I'm pretty good at 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 starting at a very strong pace right away though.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um like what's your what do you feel like your biggest strength is? With regards to the race, is it is it qualifying? Is it corner? Like, what's your riding superbike strength?
1: Um, I feel like usually at the end of the races, I'm pretty strong. Usually, uh, when the tires start going off for other people, I feel like I'm pretty strong. Um, or the first few laps, I feel like I'm pretty. Uh, I'm a fighter, and I get involved like right away so yeah it's kind of hard to tell or to say i mean i feel like maybe the worst part of the race for me is maybe the middle um yeah it it's like it's like when you're running or something you know you're doing two miles and then the third mile you kind of dip fourth mile you dip and then you come back up again yeah like i feel like i'm a little bit like that sometimes
0: yeah that makes sense that makes sense and you know if you're like that sometimes what do you think um what do you think that you could do to, like, make it so you can be at peak the whole time?
1: I feel like just being a little bit more concentrated and, and yeah. focusing, focusing a bit more, like, halfway through the race. Um, yeah, because I feel like sometimes if I'm falling down at that point, that I have to you know, mentally get myself back up there like quick to to get back to the rhythm again and then I'm up, 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 up till the end of the race. So yeah, wow. I feel like it's um, maybe a concentration thing and you know, you 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 settle in or you back off like a little bit, you know, on lap seven to ten instead of pushing to the maximum that you were before that and then after that. So
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. Like push, 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 take a breather and then push 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 kind of vibe, right?
1: Yeah. Okay, it's like so you got Brian... to have a little bit of a like a breather, but it's not a good idea.
0: Yeah, I mean it's hard to <clears throat> take a breather when you got the lunatics that you race against right there, you know? <clears throat> yeah,
1: exactly.
0: I mean, um, there's a, there's a couple more comments coming in. I'll, I'll, I'll get to Brian Green's question and then we'll continue on because I wanted to ask you about coaching and stuff, but um, like, I mean, having one, but um, Brian Green wants to know, what's it gonna take to get you out on the ridge for some training so you can get to the point where you're even quote okay with the track and he has laughing emojis there. Is that insinuating that you don't <laughs> like the ridge? <laughs>
1: yeah, I hate that place. Really?
0: <laughs> Yeah. What 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 is it about the ridge that you hate? Cuz I, I don't know. I I tested hmm. with the team a couple of years ago and man, I thought that track was cool. You got that super fast shit and then you got like first gear stuff. Lombard feel, Street from San Francisco, you know?
1: I feel like the track is uh is a good layout and stuff like that, but I feel like the grip level for me with the front and and the rear sometimes like I don't get a good feeling from the front tire in the front there okay um, so I've been having a super hard time with with feeling for some reason at that track like it, I just don't get the grip level that I that I'm looking for and the front is always squirming and moving around and I, I don't like that so it makes me like just absolutely hate that place
0: <laughs> do you think <coughs> yeah. it would you think you you would benefit if the if the team that you're on um, goes over there and tests
1: um, and then you yeah. guys get that would be a great idea, for sure.
0: Yeah. So whoever that is, note make note of that.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just bring my suit back there for like a week and let me just stay there and keep keep riding it.
0: Yeah. Camp out with like Ken Hill for a week or whatever, right?
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: All right. So I'm gonna get to the rest of the questions in a little bit, but um, you know I mentioned coaching. Do you um, do you get do you have like somebody that's like your riding coach to help you get going?
1: So, like Jake Zemke has been on our teams that I've been on uh, okay. for different years. So, um, he's been like a riding coach. Um, I really like Jake as a person. Okay. And he's yeah, he knows what he's talking about. So, Well, yeah. Every time you have a have a problem or if he sees something, he's always there to address it and it, and it always makes sense, you know. Um So, yeah, it's always good to have that because like you you wouldn't know that if you wouldn't know that. You'd just keep riding around in the same thing. And, and it, you know, what he said, to you shaved off a couple of tents or something, which is great.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, having a you – know, J.D. Beach even said that he gets coaching – you know, his guy is Ken Hill. Um, but, you know, have, how important do you feel that having somebody like that in your corner is to your success?
1: It's really good. I think rider coaching um, is a huge thing now, especially yeah. like at the levels we're at and everything. Um, the little yeah. stuff just really like helps, and especially on a super bike.
0: Right on. All right. So you know what? I asked a bunch of stuff. I'm gonna just get to, get right down and dirty. And like, what's up with titlers, man? Like, they're at the end of the season. You know, uh, I did my show with Stamboli, and he was telling me that you know basically the word on the street was the the dude was like everybody needs to go find a new job now like so like what what's the real story there i i actually Cory Cory Alexander told me that that wasn't the truth at all um even though he didn't think he was going to be on the team and it's been announced that he's not on the team but what's the deal with the Tightler's team Are like are you riding for that team again maybe under a different name or are you looking for a ride? Like, what's what's PJ Jacobson doing?
1: I thought Richard was hiring me.
0: <laughs> well, I could put a good <laughs> word in for you, but I think he's kind of, like, figuring his shit out already too, man.
1: No. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't have a contract signed. Um, I'm speaking to some teams right now. Um, and, all honesty, I really don't know – what the Titler's program is going to be going forward because okay. um, I haven't had too much communication um, on the plans for 2024, or they haven't been brought to my attention. Yeah. So, so I honestly don't even know if there is a plan there, or if they have plans, and it's with plans with other riders. Yeah. But I am not on the, I guess, agenda or whatever it's called Shit. right now. How is that of, possible, of being, dude? Being told that we uh that I I have a ride for next year.
0: I I find that amazing. I mean, like I said, you're on that short list. Um, you know, that's that's really unfortunate. And you know, uh la- last week JD mentioned it. That's like the cruel side of our sport, right? Um, you know, in his case, you know, he won dirt track races and you know, was in the front basically every weekend over there, and then he goes to Superbike, and he podiums and wins there immediately, and he said he found himself without a ride at that point. So, you know, is it just right now, maybe it's just too early, or what do you think it is? I
1: just think that, um, that there's not enough teams there right now. Um, yeah. And then another thing is as well, like when you're an established rider like JD or myself and stuff like that, you know, you have to, like, we do this at the end of the day to earn a, a wage, you know, like right. financially, like make money out of the sport, you know, like I would love yeah. to do it for for fun, but unfortunately it doesn't pay where I live, you know? Yeah,
0: doing it for fun, you got to keep the <laughs> lights on at the house and be able to eat. So yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the, the thing about the sport. So yeah, I just feel like it's a little bit hard right now, and especially if some teams are leaving, um, there's not many rides available at that point. And the sad part is too; it doesn't really matter like how you end up doing if some teams already have riders that are locked in with not so many teams. You know?
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. So some of the guys are commenting um, about the number of viewers. Um, just so you know, uh, this is a small show like it's just me like whatever and I talk shit and um this video that we're doing has had the very mo- you have the most live viewers I've ever had ever I do yeah like well, I-, I had o- at one point <laughs> about 10 minutes ago I had over 4000 and I was like oh, really? kind of shitting uh- my pants <laughs> Oh, that's. Yeah. I was cool. like, "Wow, dude! Like, yeah. people seem to like PJ. That's rad. Okay, Jeez. I'm like, roll up my sleeves, huh? All right, <laughs> thank you guys for watching this. Jeez, um, I need a
1: beer too. Where's my beer,
0: dude? I don't, I don't drink beer, bro. This is uh, uh, vanilla cream soda.
1: Oh, vanilla cream. Oh, I thought that was a beer the whole time, yeah, dude. I, I don't drink vanilla alcohol, cream soda.
0: Yeah, dude. I am a total square, dude. Like, I ride uh, bicycles and I drink vanilla soda and root beer and stuff like i don't God. yeah uh, i thought you were drinking like, a
1: beer this whole time i, I, I like,
0: i'm on point what the heck? To, I, i'm on point to do 7000 miles on the bicycle this year so
1: yeah that's good like
0: i think i've i think i've got like i don't know 1300 miles to go ish somewhere around yeah. there so <laughs> yeah um but yeah so okay so i got some i got some more comments yeah Oh, um, oh boy sh- short it's about the vanilla guide. cream Short moto guy says uh, he loves your Supermoto moto videos. Um, oh, there's people talking about your height.
1: <laughs> My height. That is yeah, so he, messed he's up. Like,
0: short people for the win. Gee, uh, that's short because people. Barry, yeah, because Barry's uh, the guy commenting, Barry, he's a short guy as well. Um,
1: I'm
0: 5'7. Uh, yeah, well, that's, I mean, you're not a midget, but like, you're a short guy, dude. Like, <laughs> come on. Like, I'm kidding. Let's, let's let's be real. You know you're a short guy. Like, that that's probably why you don't have Beats headphones, right? Because when you know, I, I don't know. Um, let's see. <laughs> All right. So yeah, like uh, yeah, Bob Ricky Bobby's saying. You know, you and JD not having rides. You know, it's like a sad state for the boys. Um, yeah. And then, um, you know, the Honda guy, Trevor's. Mentioning that uh, Stefano was still riding the Titler's bike last weekend at Daytona and the Cowie too, um, I don't know what the deal is with that or whatever. But um, you know, apparently he's continuing to ride the tight Like it, that doesn't mean it's the Titler's team. It could be like the bike got sold to a guy. I I, I don't know the specifics on that, but I, apparently, what do you what are your thoughts on that comment?
1: Um, yeah, like, I like, um, I like Stefano a lot, um, I really got to know him as a writer this year, um, I didn't, yeah. like, know him that much before, but, um, I, like, got on with him really, really well, and I really like that kid a lot, um, but, yeah, I think that he already had this, kind of, like, set in his plans for, um, to do Daytona.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: So, I don't think it was, like, a thing that was thrown together at the end, I already think this was happening okay his his whole program this year um so yeah, uh, I just think that he was finishing the season of riding the superbike bike at Daytona because maybe michael and and Stefano had to do it for sure, but Michael wanted to do it and and stuff like that, so I don't really think that was a new thing. I think that was already on the plan, so yeah, it really doesn't doesn't surprise me, you know,
0: yeah, yeah, i mean that that totally makes sense, it doesn't. It wouldn't make sense to do, like, a last-minute thing after what supposedly happened at Jersey. Yeah, so. because
1: Stefano rides CCS so much, you know, yeah. and, and stuff. So, yeah, it's not, like, yeah, a surprising dude, thing for me. That
0: dude, uh, when I had him on, he was talking about how his training regimen is racing.
1: Yeah, pretty much, yeah.
0: That's <laughs> like, all he does is race. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like you were saying, to be bike fit, like, that guy, all he does is ride bikes yeah every exactly. day yeah somehow it coaches at yamaha school and all that
1: exactly he's like the well, jd know, of road racing though you know oh like,
0: totally right yeah <laughs> riding a bike all the
1: time jesus yeah. yeah
0: well you know what man um this has been a good discussion pj i think we should wrap this thing but uh are there any are there any sponsors or anybody that you want to thank before we wrap this thing
1: uh no not really i just want to thank you for like having me on the show here and stuff i i really appreciate it i know we've been trying to get this together and stuff i know like right that. so it's been super cool and hopefully i, I can like, come back i, up. I
0: was even ratting you out at the scooter like dude what the fuck is this with the guy he won't answer my, his phone no more what the <laughs> yeah. fuck? and he's like he's busy what yeah <laughs> right no i'm just not good with my phone usually which yeah <laughs> right on all right well you know what man um i I, I'm rooting for you to have a ride, man. That sure would be cool to see you pick up where you left off. You know, I mean, you were right there, and you could tell your confidence went up when you were right behind Jake that first race at Brainerd, and then, I mean, you you capitalized on it and got the W race two, and then it just looked like that changed your whole world. Um, and it would be really cool to see that continue. So you know rooting for you to to have a job next year so we can continue seeing that shit
1: yeah thanks i really appreciate it i'll definitely be uh be on the grid though i got some stuff uh some stuff cooking and hopefully you'll hear the news here uh soon when i get myself all sorted
0: right on man all right well you know maybe uh maybe we'll have you on again you know when you get that shit sorted and uh we could talk about what you got going down
1: yeah, exactly. That'd be that'd be awesome. And thank you for all the viewers watching this uh, podcast and stuff. I really appreciate it. And yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, man. All right, dude. Thanks.
1: All right, thank you.